Hi friends, welcome to the Friends of France podcast. In this safe space, we are favored in each episode with the presence of an expert guest from different fields and specialties as we learn about their life journeys, their successes, possible regrets, and realizations, their work, why they do what they do, and even their life outside of work. In here, we tear down common myths and misinformation with up-to-date, evidence-based science and data simplified for anyone to digest. We don't shy away from topics that can sometimes be polarizing or taboo. We normalize the humanization of healthcare and its workers, and we promote the importance of self-care and safeguarding your mental health. Please keep in mind that the conversations in this podcast are for educational and informational purposes only. They are not implied or intended to be a substitute for professional medical diagnosis, advice, or treatment. Please always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare providers regarding a medical condition. Are you ready? Let's go! Hi! Diana! How are you? It's so good to meet you in real life. Oh my gosh, yeah. Finally meeting you like face to face somehow. Thank How you so you? much for joining me. I'm good. Time is just flying. I've been so excited for our live stream tonight. Thank you I so know. much for joining. I know we've been playing this for probably a few months now, right? I know. Yeah, it's I, been a while. It's yeah. Here. Time flies though. I know. <laughs> and if you could just first please introduce yourself to everybody. Thank you again for being here. Yeah, thank you. So I'm Diana. You guys may know me as Catalyst for Self-Care on Instagram. My business name is actually Self-Care Catalyst. And our sort of mission is really just to support nursing professionals while they move through burnout and really look at their well-being. We kind of believe that no nurse is meant to do life for nursing alone. And we really love supporting this community. Um, it's really when I say we, it's just... <laughs> <laughs> no, I love it. You know, all of us, right? <laughs> we, someday it'll be a big... bigger thing and I have big dreams for what I'm doing you know we really love doing that we support this community through mentorship through community through education through empowerment I love kind of speaking with nurses in the dms about what they're struggling with and really helping them I kind of view it as like talking to your bestie while you break up with burnout ugly cry or not (laughs) you are supported by this community so yeah definitely I feel like every nurse and I think in the grander scheme of things every healthcare professional can like really relate to that i think especially within the past few years right what's been going on in the world i know right? but it was a problem before man oh definitely <laughs> one of my friends was like you know all the problems that we're talking about now it's always been there it's just being exposed to the light because of the pandemic right yeah. especially how it is in the healthcare system especially you know, I think many bedside folks can also talk about that too, right? But before we get into all that, we have a lot to talk about today. So many exciting things to talk about and so many real things that we have to talk about. Before that, I just want to get into you first. Is obviously, you're a nursing mentor and and mentor. If you could just take us through your journey that led you to where you are now. And I also love to introspect as to why you pursued healthcare, specifically nursing? Yeah, great question. So I had kind of like an atypical journey. I currently work as a neuro NP. I used to work in the hospital. I left the, the hospital years ago at the deep, darkest time in my burnout. Yeah. <laughs> I work outpatient. I've been outpatient for about eight years. Um, with no desire to return. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Zero desire to return. I actually love what I do. It's been yeah. a long road, but we're in a good place. But I actually was a bio major. I was raised by two chemists. So I was kind of like the outsider. (laughs) 
my parents were like, oh my God, you're in college. Like, what is happening? <laughs> so the only sure. reason I got through organic chem was my dad. He came and tutored me like every single week while I was in college. It was definitely not my strength, but um, <laughs> I made it through. I was a bio major. I really like wanted to work in a lab. I thought mm -hmm. I did PhD and research and all the things. You know, I got internships in college. Like I was definitely a box checker, you know, yeah, I'm sure yeah. like most people in here can totally yeah. resonate <laughs> with that. But I did get a great job out of college. I went and worked at Dana-Farber, which is a phenomenal research institute in Boston, doing melanoma research. But it was one of those things I realized, like, I'm not a lab rat. Like, I love to be with people. Like, I felt very disconnected from patients. They were kind of these, like, ethereal people out there somewhere, but I didn't yeah. have any direct connection with them. So I was just kind of, you know, shooting the shit with yeah. my lab bench team. He was like, you know, have you ever thought of being a nurse? I think you'd be, like, really good at it. And it's like, oh, wow. Like, words that changed the trajectory of my yeah. life. You know, yeah. I never really gave it much mm -hmm. thought. I had you know, nurses in my family, like not a ton, but you know, there have been some nurses in my family, people working in medicine, but I had never really thought about it. And that's when I really decided to make a huge shift. I, yeah. you know, did exactly what I now teach my mentees, which is like looking at those core values, like what do I want my life to look like, like what do I feel is lacking? What do I actually like? And mm -hmm. then I decided that being becoming a nurse practitioner specifically was what mm -hmm. I wanted to do. Yeah. And it was more like the idea of that autonomy and mm -hmm. so yeah so i quit my job went back to school i ended up doing a direct entry program <laughs> mostly because i didn't want to do like <laughs> bachelor so I, like, mm, <laughs> I don't want to take out that many loans yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um so so i went to um, a direct entry program which i know are very like controversial mm -hmm. in mm -hmm. the nursing np world but it was a great experience for me like honestly it was hard yeah. It was definitely mm -hmm. like throwing you in the deep end. And I worked while I was in school because I like had no money. So, you know, it was a good time. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. I um, but I yeah, and then I graduated, went into neuro kind of by accident. It was one of those things I told myself, like, I know what I don't want to do. Yeah. And neuro, yeah. ICU, ER are like absolute no's. And I've been in neuro for like 13. So, right? At least you expect. Wow, that's so amazing. I mean, you're right. Like, Someone's word or just one instance can change the whole trajectory of your whole life, right? Yeah, and just like, like I mean, that little seed. Yeah, I mean, like as a daughter of two scientists, and 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 now it, it's like you're helping others, you know, navigate through this deep field that we will talk more about, right? And you know, like we were saying, there's problems being exposed now into the light within the healthcare system. Specifically, we'll talk about nursing because we're both nurses too, yeah. right? That have been going on for years. I mean, my mom's been a nurse for 30 years. She's been telling me about these problems, you know, yeah. since I was younger. And I mean, I also never, I mean, imagined I would be a nurse as well. So when my mom would talk to me about her nursing career as I was growing up, I was like, okay, okay. So I feel like I had an idea of what it meant to be a nurse. And then when I became a nurse myself, I mean, especially in bedside nursing, I was like, oh my God. <laughs> I never imagined any of reality. This. Yeah, it's like it's different when you're actually the one in the situation, right? And and I think that's one of the first things I wanted to talk about is I'm also not too far from being a new grad just years ago, right? As we go into our conversation, go into burnout, all of that starts and stems from somewhere, right? And as a mentor, you just don't talk about burnout. You talk about self-care, talk about boundaries, talk about self-affirmation, and all these beautiful things that I want to talk about, especially given many of the horrific news I've been, we've been hearing about a lot of 
sad stories and sad realities of nurses, of physicians, and other healthcare workers, mm-hmm. right? And I wanted to take it back to the very, very, very first day, whether inpatient, outpatient, you know, we've all been newbies, we've all been new grads, we've all been new people on the floor, new nurses. And I want to ask if someone out there is listening and will listen to our episode who's new and don't know how to manage all the cascades of these emotions right like you're you're in you guys like i don't want to talk to the family members i don't know how to talk to the family members yeah. i remember yeah. being new and i was like and i knew that one of my patients still had the family member inside the room i already like gosh how am i gonna get through this ship i don't know how to talk to this family member i don't know how to talk to the providers i don't know how to believe in myself do i know what i'm doing how do you navigate that as a newbie, as a new grad, you know, as a new nurse or even like an intern doctor, right? It was like yeah. you on the floor. How do you manage all of those emotions? Yeah, that's a great question. I think the first thing that I always like try to convey when it's someone who's new is step one is really just remember you've been new before. Like yeah. you've had a lot of day one. And I really encourage people to look back on all those day ones because you did great. Like you survived, you killed it. Like, and maybe you made mistakes, but you learned from those mistakes. So those day ones will be like evidence in your little evidence Mm -hmm. box that you actually are far more focused than you think. I think also for new grads, it's important to understand like nobody expects you to know everything on day one. Absolutely. Like, in fact, if you think you know everything on day one, that's more problematic, right? red flag it's, yeah, yeah a huge red flag i would argue that nobody knows it all you know i was just talking to one of the attendings i worked with recently mm-hmm. about like a complex headache patient mm-hmm. and he was like i don't know let's look it up mm-hmm. and he's like literally retiring next year you know and he's one of the most yeah. like senior like yeah. people that i respect the most yeah. in the practice yeah. so it shows you that everybody questions things and mm-hmm. we should question yeah and asking for help is totally okay mm-hmm. but like know who your allies are because mm-hmm. sometimes there are kind of rude jerky people out there and knowing like who are your people in your unit or on the floor whatever it may be is huge and it'll serve you so well but really you can't compare like your day one to someone mm-hmm. else's day 50 or 100 or right. year 20 you know yeah. we're just kind of all imperfectly imperfect and we're on this like learning journey and I think it's important for anyone, whether or not you're a new grad or not, to just like celebrate those wins every single day. And I know that sounds like very Mr. Rogers, but it's so good for confidence building. It's really yeah. helpful to like acknowledge the things that we're doing well, because we are so quick to be like, oh my God, I know nothing. Like I'm the worst. Like that care yeah. was terrible. Like my notes were perfect. Yeah. Like that procedure I did terribly, like yeah. whatever. So I think like acknowledging the things that we did really well in a week in a day and whatever if you're having a hard hour like just reel it in and (laughs) do it then too Um, i think those things can be really helpful but like really giving yourself a ton of grace and you know knowing that you'll look back in a year and be like wow i've grown so much it's no longer october but let me tell you a horror story i was working bedside as a nurse 12 hour shifts 12,000 to 15,000 steps per night, always exposed to dripping blood, pee, and other fluids. And guess what? I was wearing skateboarding shoes for almost a year. Because my feet were killing me, I switched to more comfortable sneakers, but had to go through three pairs because I would find new stains after shifts. And over time, as the pandemic came, I was too exhausted to think about my feet or even changing my footwear. 
I was then introduced to Clove, and I no longer had to do the thinking. To support the steps of those who dedicate their lives to caring for others, Clove collaborated with healthcare professionals and innovative designers to create a shoe that prioritizes the needs of those in the front line. These are sneakers designed for healthcare. They already did the thinking. Easy to clean and fluid repellent, I no longer have to worry about those red streaks or pea-soaked socks since I use the same wipes at work to remove every stain. Just this summer, one of my patients unexpectedly bled from the radial artery access site and made a pool in my brilliant whites on the floor. A few swipes with the purple wipes, all clean and with no damage. Plus being squeak-free, I no longer have to worry about waking up a sleeping patient. Layered with comfort, sore toes are no longer my problem since the shoes are now upgraded with double the cushioning, 50% more arch support, and a perfect heel pad. On top of this, the grippiest outsole also allows for a fluid channel technology while maintaining super secure footing. And yes, it's 100% cruelty-free and vegan. I love all of my clove shoes and I hope that you can get ready to also step into your perfect pair. Use code FRANZ, that's F-R-A-N-Z, or visit goclove.com slash friends for 15% off your first pair of clove shoes at checkout. I am no stranger to seeing patients that can't get the care they need because they can't afford it. Even if they get a medical recommendation that will help them, oftentimes, medication costs are so high it's totally out of reach, or they would have to choose between feeding their family or paying rent in order to get the medication, so people have to go without. After living through a pandemic, on some level, we all know the healthcare system in the United States is broken. That is why I am happy to see that mission-driven businesses are now taking an interest in the problem, because it's not getting solved fast enough. Better Remedies is one of those companies doing something to really meaningfully help people with medical expenses, in particular, getting their medications. Better makes over-the-counter medication, think pain, gas, cough and flu, sleep, all the essentials for your medicine cabinet. For every box of Better Remedies sold, they cover the cost of someone's life-saving medication for a month. And this is someone who would otherwise have to choose between food, rent, gas to get to work, or otherwise caring for themselves or their family. It is such an easy switch to make. You get the same great relief you need for 10% less than other big name brands, and someone who doesn't have the access to their meds will get the help they need. In general, it's good to know the active ingredient you need for your symptoms rather than just buying a big name brand. It'll save you money, and because active ingredients are FDA regulated, you'll still be getting the results you need. Plus, if you buy from Better, you are also helping someone else in a big way too. It's putting your headaches, farts, and insomnia to work. And that's something we can all feel better about. I've been buying my Better Remedies products at Walmart at any time I need to stock up. And you can do the same. Everything is priced about 10% less than the big brands, works just as well, and makes an impact on something that is really important and that I am personally very passionate about. Make the switch next time you need relief. You'll feel better and be doing some good. I love what you said about the evidence box. That's actually the first time I've ever heard that. Like, that's so true. I mean, you're right. We've been new somewhere before, right? Oh and gosh. even now, like, I always think, oh, wait, I was able to do that. You know, yeah. I, 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 could, I could do this too, yeah. right? I was able to overcome that. And that's true. I agree with that. But I think it's also like a conscious, cognizant effort, right? No. Always 100%. reminding yourself. And how do you build that? confidence then you know in, in times of stress when when you're new like thrown in the fire right yeah how do you maintain that cognizance that okay i'm new i have self disbelief you know mm -hmm. i don't believe in myself how do you recalibrate your mind do you have mm -hmm. techniques on how to recalibrate your mind in a stressful moment or even one of the questions i wanted to ask too is 
every new grad nurse, I think there's that pre-shift anxiety, right? Oh, that okay. lasts for God knows how oh long. Oh my God, it's the worst, isn't it? To a year. Ah. Oh my gosh. I remember each time before work, I can't sleep the day before because I'm already thinking about the shift exactly. already, right? Exactly. And I'm like, yeah. oh my gosh, what am I going to encounter? How do you recalibrate your mind to be cognizant that even in stressful time or right before a shift or the day before a shift that, you know what, I can handle this. I can do this. I have this evidence box at mm-hmm. my disposal. Right? Yeah, that's a great question. So, I mean, when it comes to, first of all, when you're in like fight or flight, stress response, freeze, whatever it is, it's really hard to be like, I need to do X, Y, Z, right? I mean, let's be yeah. honest. It's, yeah. it's hard to say that. So mm-hmm. I would say like, I actually prefer like a post-shift debrief, reflection, what have mm-hmm. you. Because it's, I think it's really hard in the heat of the moment to do those like reflections, especially when you have like a billion patients and a million things to do and like people are talking to you. It's hard. I encourage people to like take breaths and do these things throughout the day, but managing your pre-shift anxiety is going to start the minute you leave your shift. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Because we immediately snap into like, Mm -hmm. oh my God, I didn't do this. Like all those like things come up, the negative self-talk comes in, Yeah. all the like imposter syndrome hits hard you know we finally kind of sit in our car we're coming out of fight mm-hmm. or flight we're taking yeah. a deep breath having a sip of water and we're like oh my god i'm like a terrible human i'm not good yeah. at my job yeah. yeah so what i encourage my mentees is to do a post-ship reflection and actually there's mm-hmm. one i have in my bio link that is mm-hmm. free to download that i've used a million times mm-hmm. with clients mm-hmm. and basically the three really killer questions to ask yourself are what am i feeling because you've got to name it to tame it, mm-hmm. right? So mad, angry, hungry, sad, happy, excited, like miserable, whatever it is. And what do you want to feel? Like maybe, and it's not just like, I want to feel happy. Yeah. Yeah. It might just be like, I want to not feel shitty. <laughs> or I want to like feel content or yeah. just like calm, mm-hmm. whatever it may be for you. So mm-hmm. what is that feeling that you want to feel mm-hmm. and bring awareness to it? And then ask yourself like, what is step one to get? Mm, step one. You like, know, because we don't yeah. have to know like, step 100 we don't have to yeah. like project ourselves to a specific outcome yeah. it's just like what is step one and maybe that means mm-hmm. like taking a breath maybe it means like calling your best mm-hmm. friend because you want to laugh maybe it's having a drink of water because you feel super like parched yeah. and you haven't had any water all day yeah. whatever that is but that is like the first step mm-hmm. in taming your pre-shift anxieties mm-hmm. to like tame your post-shift yeah. anxiety have like a going home ritual mm-hmm. come home like really like leave work out yeah. As yeah. best you can. Yeah. You know, maybe that means setting boundaries. Mm-hmm. Maybe that means having like a hard conversation with your mm-hmm. partner to be like, hey, mm-hmm. can I just have 20 minutes and yeah. you know, whatever, whatever you need yeah. to ask for. Yeah. Yeah. And then getting good sleep. Mm-hmm. You know, making sure that you don't pick up your phone first thing in the morning and slip mm-hmm. into like comparisons or yeah. stress yeah. or check your email and you're like, ah. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh it's about God. like taking a few mm-hmm. intentional moments and yeah. like making space for you in your life. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I feel like comparison syndrome, it's so hard, especially when you're new and you're in a room full of totally. experience and, you know, very knowledgeable people who's yeah. been there for years or even months longer than you, right? And mm-hmm. I love what you said about the step one, like just looking at the step one. Yeah. I, I think like most people, and I can relate to that too, it's like when you're new, you're like, Wait, where am I gonna get to that point? When am I gonna yeah, get to we this want it point? So yeah. Yeah. yeah, when do We're I get to that? Yeah. yeah, yeah. When do I get to that point where I no longer have anxiety, right? Like you shift yeah. anxiety, yeah. but then it's like taking it day by day, you know, post shift yeah. after post shift, right? And I love what you talked about. You also mentioned about Foster syndrome, mm-hmm. 
Mm. And I think this term has been flying around every account that I've seen. And it's yeah. true because it's such a true thing, right? What are your most favorite, maybe let's say top one or top two, you know, self and positive affirmations that you tell yourself mm. in the midst of a plague of imposter syndrome and just lack of self-confidence and or maybe you have a bad day and uh, mm-hmm. you know you couldn't accomplish what you wanted to accomplish but i remember being new and i'm like i miss that IV. <laughs> i miss this i miss yeah. that and then like ruins your whole day right oh i forgot to do this or that or i didn't do this the way i wanted to do this what are your top two self-affirmations to I don't know if the word ward off is correct or so just again to recalibrate your mind from that yeah. negative self-thinking and you know just like attacking condemning yourself the whole day mm. and just changing your mind to a positive light mm. yeah i love a good self-affirmation yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i mean who does yeah. yeah so i do actually really love self-affirmations mm-hmm. i do believe that they work i know some people mm-hmm. find them funky, but there is so much evidence to support that these mm-hmm. really do help kind of retrain your thoughts and what we think matters like what we think determines how we act and what we do determines our results right so it actually really does matter so be tuned into how you talk about yourself that's again step one is self-awareness that emotional intelligence piece oh my god i have so many so there's a lot on my page i actually have a guide about it <laughs> i made a little guide so there's some for like imposter syndrome boundaries like confidence all the things and i have like a pre and post shift affirmation freebie in my bio for people to download if they want. I love that. Um, There's like a secret project on the side that's happening too. So TBD. Um, (laughs) But one of my absolute favorite that I use Mm -hmm. all the time, and it's not really for confidence. It's Mm -hmm. more for perfectionism Mm -hmm. is (laughs) done is better than perfect. Mm -hmm. So I use that a lot when I'm charting Mm -hmm. where I'm like, okay, all the information's there. I'm totally mm-hmm. overanalyzing this. Like, mm-hmm. let's just move on. Because mm-hmm. um, it can be like that analysis paralysis, right? And sometimes mm-hmm. perfectionism can kind mm-hmm. of like lead into like procrastination, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah. So that's what I use a lot. And I also love when I'm in the heat of the moment and feeling the imposter syndrome, it's mm-hmm. I am doing the best that I can with the resources that I have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's like one of my like really good favorites. Mm-hmm. There's some really good ones for boundaries. So I believe in my value. I mm-hmm. respect my value. I speak up for my value. There's a lot of good. I love it. What's we'll your favorite? That Do you have like a fave? Yeah, I think someone told me once that it's okay to be upset. Yeah. Right? Like I can be upset. I like I can feel what I'm feeling. Right. Yeah. And I think I also saw this. I think I read it in the quote once in the book once in back in high school. I think the perks of being a wallflower is just like pain demands to be felt and people translate to that, you know, frustration, disappointment, like you can, you're allowed to feel those things, you know, because I'm human and, and while I feel that I can also feel love for myself, like I I could feel proud of myself as well. So yeah, I love all of those. Yeah, I love all of those affirmations. Actually, I'm very curious, you know, as a nurse practitioner, right? I, I feel like definitely the role of being a provider is different you know from being a staff nurse or a bedside mm-hmm. nurse where obviously beyond the greater responsibility the scope of responsibility i can't imagine how much more hard-hitting like perfectionism is and imposter syndrome is because you are managing patients lives in the sense that you can diagnose you can treat you can mm-hmm. prescribe right mm-hmm. what do you think are the biggest 
afflictions of negative self-talk as your role oh, like provider with, yeah, yeah. Like, you know I mean, I, yeah i think it's like way more i mean at least my own experience is yeah. way more of an issue like early on like mm-hmm, with mm-hmm. imposter syndrome and i feel like again like those limiting beliefs of like i'm not enough i'm not good enough i'm not mm-hmm, smart enough like mm-hmm, all that stuff mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that you know is work throughable yeah. with the right tools yeah. something that we do in mentorship but yeah. it's definitely more prevalent when i was a new grad <laughs> I think, again, it's just really important to talk to other human beings, like mm-hmm. find your allies. I think anyone mm-hmm. you speak to, like I have many like NP like colleagues that I mm-hmm. super duper yeah. respect that are super yeah. duper smart and yeah. like talking to them, like everybody's felt that way, you know? Mm-hmm. So you can say like, yeah. Hey, like I'm kind of feeling like I'm not yeah. like really like, good at this or like my notes are kind of crappy. <laughs> like yeah. asking for feedback is great. Mm-hmm. Having someone like just tell you their experience can be really mm-hmm. validating. It's yeah. really, literally everyone has felt those feelings. Yeah. So okay. I think validating that they're normal mm-hmm. in and of itself helps. Yeah. And then again, like being tuned into it mm-hmm. and saying to yourself, like, no, I've treated many people, like this patient yeah. sent me a thank you note or yeah. whatever, yeah. like whatever's in your yeah. evidence box yeah. 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 to yeah. show you that like it's you actually, yeah. I save all that stuff. Like yeah. if patients yeah. Yeah. write me a little mm-hmm. thank you note or yeah. like I get an email like, hey, you did a great job on blah, blah. I, I have a little place for those. And I yeah, encourage yeah. anyone listening to do that because yeah. on those bad days when you're like, oh, I'm you such look a bad at it. Yeah. yeah. Goes, no, no, girl, you're good. Yeah. Yeah. You just had a bad yeah. day. It doesn't mean yeah. you're a bad NP. It yeah. doesn't mean you're a bad nurse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I agree with that. It's like, I, I think this this quote has been going around for years. Like, it's just a bad day or it's, it's a bad mini or it's a bad yeah second, not a bad light yeah it's not a bad light yeah exactly yeah and you know we were ta- also talking about boundaries right yeah and uh, i think boundaries with work is closely tied to work life balance mm-hmm. um i i think for different positions let's say like when i was in bedside right like it was easier to have a balance in the sense yeah. that once i finish my shift once i go home like that's it Totally. You know, but there's still a lot of things that even though your responsibility in the shift, whether mm-hmm. bedside or inpatient or whatever profession, right? Though it might end in that shift, I feel like the mental aspect of it can like linger on and seep through after post-shift, yes. right? How do you maintain a work-life balance in the sense that once you finish work, it's like, that's it, you know, like you mm-hmm. don't think about work. Do you think it's uh, more of a mental and behavioral practice or are there things that we could do like at home to actually mm-hmm. create a demarcation line between work and this is home? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think also it depends on your job. Because yeah. people who like do telehealth mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. home, it's mm-hmm. kind of tricky, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah, you can like, there's definitely strategies to even with telehealth, like, change your clothes like do mm-hmm. a workout class like do something mm-hmm. to like demarcate like the mm-hmm. end of your yeah. day yeah. and yes i agree with you a million percent like for bedside nurses it's more like the emotional impact of their shift that they're bringing home with them yeah. for like NPs, sometimes it is like charting at home or like things they're like results of their checking yeah. on the weekend yeah. so i think it really depends on your role mm-hmm. and of mm-hmm. course like there are some things like you know, as an NP, if you are, you know, expected to have a chart done in 72 hours, like you should have it done within 72 hours. Yeah. That may mean working on yeah. a Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you may leave a chart for 24 hours and it's mm-hmm. not the end of the world. But so I think it depends on your job. Mm-hmm. But again, I think when we leave work, it's important to bring awareness. And mm-hmm. it goes back to like those post-shift rituals mm-hmm. and those post-shift like moments where you create space mm-hmm. for you in your life. 
I also think it's important to like know what you want your life to look like. It's so easy to like, it's what we actually do like in the very beginning of mentorship, Mm -hmm. because if you don't give your brain a target, it's hard to like get there. Mm -hmm. So if you Mm -hmm. don't really know what your hobbies are or what you like Mm -hmm. to do, or Mm -hmm. like, you know, you're so burned out, you're just like Mm -hmm. super low energy and you just want to go home and eat Cheetos. Like it's hard to, you know, not think about all that stuff. Yeah. Um, I encourage therapy. Mm-hmm. I encourage Definitely. again, like community, like mm-hmm. talking to people mm-hmm. in your like nurses, healthcare providers need to yeah. come together. You know, yeah. we need to talk about. Things. Yeah, yeah. But there's a lot of tools, but I do mm-hmm. think like it kind of depends on what you yeah. do. Definitely. But most of it is really again like knowing what mm-hmm. your life outside of your job even yeah. looks like to you. Yeah. And then again, like what actions support that. Yeah, and that's so important because. Before you know it, when you don't take all of those into consideration and you don't actually attack it and face it head on, right? Like it all gets lumped up together and like it all accumulates. Mm-hmm. And then boop, all we see is the word we've been hearing a lot is the word burnout, right? Yeah. Burnout, most people can agree it's like it's different for different people, right? Totally. There's different warning signs for different people and people's thresholds of stress and exhaustion yep. is different, right, from one another. Mm-hmm. Do you think there's a universal or there are universal signs of burnout that we should be wary of, especially within healthcare and maybe even more subspecially in nursing or mm-hmm. even for providers like NPs or even like CRNAs, right? Are there things that we have to look out for? Yeah, and that's a great question. So first of all, burnout for me took me 100% by surprise. Mm. I was totally in denial. Mm. You know, I was in like, yes, person mode, like Mm. doing mode, like go, 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 like not coming up for air. Mm. I knew I was miserable. Mm -hmm. I knew I was like crying all the time. Mm. Mm -hmm. But I had no idea Mm. what burnout even was, let Mm. alone what a boundary was or what anything (laughs) else was like, you know, and that's, honestly part of my why for doing what I do now is because I deeply feel like this is stuff we should talk about like in nursing school like it shouldn't be something that we read about on Instagram you know but I really like yeah. my goal is to like bring uh, more of this education yeah. earlier on so people yeah. know what to look out for mm. but you know re- there's so much research that's been done about burnout and kind of the trifecta that they always mm-hmm. talk about is exhaustion and it's not like oh I'm so tired like I don't feel like going to the gym. I'm tired. Mm-hmm. It's not that kind of exhaustion. Mm-hmm. It's exhaustion that doesn't respond to the usual activities that would enter. Mm-hmm. Depersonalization is kind of another one of the trifecta. And that's really that like disconnection from your role, right? Mm-hmm. Where, you know, a lot of people talk about like getting annoyed with patients. Like, mm-hmm. oh, like why are you, so, why are you mm-hmm. sick? Why are you here? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and it's a terrible feeling and that kind of gets wrapped yeah. up in moral yeah. injury, yeah. which is another yeah. completely different topic. Yeah. Yeah. But it's that disconnection from your role where you don't really feel like you're, there's no purpose there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then there's the uh, lack of personal efficacy, which is really deeper into that. Like, yeah. well, what I do doesn't matter. Anymore. Mm-hmm. What's the point? Why yeah. am I? And that again is kind of looped up in moral injury. We saw that with the pandemic, like yeah. the idea that we know what kind of care we want to give, mm-hmm. but we can't because yeah. of the limitation yeah. from the system and yeah. whatever, you know, whatever institution that you work yeah. at. That's like yeah. a whole other topic. But yeah. but those are big things. And then in terms of like symptoms and signs, mm-hmm. there's so many. They can be mm-hmm. emotional, you know, with mm-hmm. like I definitely withdrew 
irritability, mm. depression, obviously anxiety, mm. all those kinds of things, yeah. headaches, GI yeah. upset, yeah. like yeah. literally dreading your mm. everydays, dreading yeah. going to work, yeah. dreading, yeah. like that kind yeah. of constant yeah. feeling of impending doom. Yeah. You know, there's so many, so many signs and symptoms, mm. but it mm. can be different for everybody. Yeah. And it may just be like deep, deep exhaustion. Mm -hmm. And feeling like you're just not supposed to be doing what you're doing. Like I almost left okay. nursing entirely. Yeah. And I do yeah. believe at this point, like now looking back, that that was really the burnout and the imposter mm -hmm. syndrome. Mm -hmm. Just like feeling like I wasn't enough mm -hmm. talking, yeah. you know. And it was really once I understood that like I wasn't abnormal. Mm -hmm. I was working in an abnormal work. Environment. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was in a position where my yeah. environment. Yeah was yeah. creating this problem and yeah. i wasn't the problem yeah so that's now what i teach you know burnout yeah. is a normal response to yeah. abnormal working conditions mm. you yeah. know and so it doesn't mean you're in any way deficient having worked as a nurse in cardiac surgery recovery and outpatient interventional cardiology i learned that listening is a vital part of the field but beyond listening to what patients say, it's also important to hear what they don't say. And many times, you can hear this in the stillness and quietness of the room as their chest thumps and rhythms that can range from normalcy to urgency. A person's heartbeat is not only a sign of life, but also a sign of its quality. According to the CDC, arrhythmias, or abnormal heart sounds, have an expected prevalence of about 1.5% in the general population, with atrial fibrillation being the most common. This is why it is so important that we can adequately hear and detect heart and even lung sounds that may be detrimental to human life. ECHO provides smart digital stethoscopes, such as the 3M Letman Core Digital Stethoscope, that help you check for signs of heart and lung disease in seconds during physical exams with unprecedented enhanced stethoscope sound and automated detection. This is all through a quick pairing with your mobile device. This is made possible by features such as having up to 40 times amplification, active noise cancellation, wireless listening, auto-triggered heart murmur and atrial fibrillation detection, and real-time visualization of sound and ECG that you can share as a consult with a trusted colleague or specialist. Every patient encounter deserves exceptional care. Hear clearly and care confidently with ECHO. The virtual space is flooded with so many different brands, resources, and gears made for healthcare workers from all disciplines. From scrubs to pins and even compression talks, it can truly get overwhelming trying to find the best product fit for you. Links to these items can get lost, and the list can get so long that you forget what you actually needed to purchase for your next work shift. This is why I am so grateful to partner with Lumify, the community marketplace for healthcare workers all in one app. Finding the brands you love, discovering new tools, and accessing your resources and communities shouldn't be difficult. Instead of going to 50 different websites to access what you need, you can find it all on Lumify, where over 200 brands, organizations, and resources are united with one goal, to support healthcare workers. As a nurse-founded company, Lumify believes that all healthcare professionals deserve a trusting and supportive community of their peers. In Lumify, you can easily communicate with your peers to trade advice, share product recommendations, and discuss what resources are best to support you. You can even earn Lumify points on every purchase you complete, which you can save for product discounts. Whether it's mental health resources, or fluid-resistant shoes, high clove, or stethoscopes, high echo, or podcast, welcome to France of France, Lumify is trusted by over 75,000 healthcare professionals at the bedside and beyond, including myself. Enter this new healthcare ecosystem where you can get 10% off using the code LUMIFYFRIENDS. 
That's L-U-M-I-F-Y-F-R-A-N-Z at LumifyCare.com or the Lumify app available for download on iOS devices. It's a one-stop shop and I hope you drop by. According to the abnormal working conditions, by the way, I love that recalibration of that mindset, right? Like it's the system around me. You were recently on Life After Medicine podcast with Dr. Chelsea Surgeon, right? Yeah. Who was an OBGYN resident doctor who dropped out of residency and she's doing a new completely career out of medicine, right? Yeah. And I wanted to ask your take on that is when you know, channeling all of our conversations on burnout and exhaustion and, you know, depersonalization. When do you think that exhaustion is, you know, we can fix this as obviously that you have in your story, right? That mm-hmm. you almost left nursing, but you're still here, right? And, and you're, yeah. you're doing. When is exhaustion or the impending doom of burnout, when is it salvageable? And when is it a sign that, oh, maybe this career is not for me. Maybe it's mm-hmm. time to look somewhere else yeah so i would argue it's not the burnout that's the Mm -hmm. problem so Mm -hmm. i think anyone who's suffering from burnout can Mm -hmm. overcome that whether or not you stay Mm -hmm. in nursing or not Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. i want to definitely make sure that people understand like if you feel burned out like Mm -hmm. this is not forever it's not Mm -hmm. permanent Mm -hmm. and it will get better Mm -hmm. right but it is about looking at your work environment so i would say like how do you know when your work environment is beyond salvageable. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, mostly because, like, truly, you have mm-hmm. to just, like, reel it back. Like, zoom out mm-hmm. and ask yourself, like, what is triggering my burnout? Like, where mm-hmm. is the problem? Mm-hmm. It's like when we're looking at a patient, right? Like, yeah. where's the disease process? Yeah. Where is the infection? Yeah. Is it your lack of boundaries? Is it that you have a toxic colleague? Is it that mm-hmm. you are inadequately compensated? Is there mm-hmm. lateral violence on your floor? Mm-hmm. Is there, you know, a bully situation? Yeah, is yeah. it like, what is the problem? Mm-hmm. Is it your schedule? You hate it. And you like mm-hmm. hate working night, mm-hmm. whatever it may be. Yeah. And then asking yourself like, what's controllable and what's not. Mm-hmm. Right. Because yeah. there are things that are controllable that we have agency over. And then there's a lot of things that we not have as much agency over. In the yeah. short term. Like we can yeah. fight the fight, but like in the next like couple of days, like it's not yeah. going to make a huge difference. Yeah. Yeah. So it's about like really looking at those things and then mm-hmm. asking yourself, like, is it fixable or not? Mm-hmm. You know, and be honest with yourself. Like for me, I was in a toxic work environment. Mm-hmm. It took some time to realize that, mm-hmm. but it took looking at like, okay, well, where am I feeling like the overwhelm here? Mm-hmm. You know? And then, you know, I was like, this isn't going to change. Like mm-hmm. I like, I need to walk away. Mm-hmm. I need to save myself. Mm-hmm. That's, mm-hmm. And that was the best decision that I could have made at the time, you yeah. know? Yeah. But I do believe there's also, like, knowledge of your core values. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. for me, I also really wanted to move back to where I grew up. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. like, I didn't anticipate it being then, but yeah. I wanted to be, like, closer to my family and all the things. Mm-hmm. And so, like, things kind of aligned at the time. Mm-hmm. But, like, knowing what your core values are. Like, yeah. is it financial freedom? Therefore, you want to have a certain level of pay. Is it mm-hmm. freedom of schedule you know mm-hmm. where you don't want to work certain hours is it you want to be able to step into leadership roles and they're mm-hmm. kind of like suppressing that and there's really no opportunity for growth you know there's a lot of very toxic places out there but there's also a lot of really healthy work environment yeah. sure. so it's about knowing what that looks like and then like yeah. knowing your worth and being like mm-hmm. yo i am worthy of better like i can thrive in a different mm-hmm. environment mm-hmm. and it's okay to walk away yeah 
Yeah, you know? I love that. I love that. Yeah, and I think that goes back to what you said that I'm not abnormal, right? It's yeah. the abnormal working conditions or the workplace that. Totally. Um, that yeah. Wrong. Yeah. You know, I I learned so much from this conversation and. I, I love all of the positivity and the self-love that exudes from you. And wow, I mean, people who listen to you and who are mentored by you are so fortunate to have someone who has gone through it, right? Oh, and can actually you. talk from experience. And I wanted to ask as a final thing is, you know, as a mentor, you have mentees who for sure pour their hearts out to you and ah. tell you their stories of exhaustion and like i don't know if i can do this anymore i don't know if this is for me how do you separate that in yourself and in your mind that okay i can't be discouraged by this too and in that question i guess it can segue to how do you decompress out of all of that even also from work how how does self-care look like to you yeah i love that question (laughs) so it's funny, I was thinking about this the other day, because, you know, I feel like in my life, I have way more going on now than I ever mm-hmm. did. Mm-hmm. But it's all about how you hold your boundaries firm. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like, I have my job, you know, mm-hmm. I work pretty much full time, mm-hmm. I have my business, yeah. I'm a mom. So I'm very strict with like, when I do things. So like, mm-hmm. with clients, I am very much available. But I do tell them like, on the weekends, like, you may not get a response. In. Yeah. An hour. Yeah. Like it might be Monday, yeah. you know, because yeah. I yeah. tend yeah. to spend time with my family. Yeah. So I think communicating what your needs mm-hmm. are and communicating mm-hmm. your boundaries. And like with work, like I don't bring work home with me. Like I don't work yeah. home. I'm a time yeah. management ninja. It doesn't <laughs> happen. It's against my religion. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I like, I, I teach tricks and <laughs> I'm an epic ninja. Yeah. <laughs> Let me just tell you. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I have dot phrases like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> But yeah, it's like boundaries and like self advocacy. Mm -hmm. Like self care to me is boundaries, self advocacy, like Mm -hmm. asking for what you need and not being like feeling guilty about that. Like kind of letting go of that messaging that you know we have to be like earning rest and all the things. Mm -hmm. Um, And then like leaving work at work. And for me, that Mm -hmm. looks like eating really yummy food with friends and traveling and spending time with family and going. Mm -hmm. I love. Like going to the ocean, we're so fortunate yeah. that we live in Maine, so it's like mm. very close by. Um, I love being like in the woods. Mm-hmm. I love spending time with friends and like game nights and yeah. lover. I love having fun. Um, and I honestly, it's one of my core values. So it's something mm-hmm. that I bring into like what I do with my mentees. You know, oh. like personal development and burnout prevention and these topics mm-hmm. don't have to feel yucky it gets to be yeah. fun you know we deserve to have fun and like yeah. be our confident selves and feel yeah. really good yeah and, um that's what i'm all about well I, I love all of that i mean in the world of social media where there's so many ideals and so much comparison right which yeah. you know even fuels all the imposter syndrome and you know like why is my journey not looking like their journey there's yeah, people yeah. lights like you to remind people that you know it's okay that we all have our own timelines that we can set boundaries and that it is possible that in such a busy and loud world that we can develop techniques where we can have self-care totally. just be yeah. happy and content right and, and like even on those bad days like embracing the fact that like yeah like there's so many things that we get to do i think a lot of times yeah, like, just sure. like oh like you know why me why this and mm-hmm. like that's okay but like yeah. dwelling in that just doesn't yeah. serve you and yeah. it's like important to like recognize that there's mm-hmm. so many things that 
we're a work in progress for, but like, think about how far you've come and get excited about the journey. Like, what do you want that to look like? And what is one action today that you can take in that direction? Yeah. I love that. Deanna, thank you so much. It's been such a fun. If you could tell everybody about self-care catalyst again and invite them to visit your website and ultimately. You're so sweet. So (laughs) my website has like a ton of free resources. Um, information about mentorship there's lots of like downloadable like workbooks and mm-hmm. affirmations and planning guides and all the things it's www.selfcarecatalyst.com and then of course my instagram has like tons of content about burnout prevention healthcare provider specifically nurse and well-being um i'm always around in dms if you guys have questions or need support or like you're not sure where to start or you're like i want to know more about imposter syndrome where do i find it because like my feed so just let me know and i'll like point in the right direction yes diana thank you so much uh like i said earlier we've been playing this four months i know it's so fun i can't I believe that it has come time i know time flew so quickly but we're here and um i love their conversation and i hope you have a great rest of the night and oh. i am so hopeful and i know that this will help so many people Diana, thank you for everything that you do. And thank you Grateful for joining for you. me tonight. So much, everybody. Take care. We have now reached the end of the story. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Friends of France. I hope you had an enjoyable adventure learning about our expert guest, their work, and why they do the things that they do. Please check out the rest of the series available on all podcast platforms. Please also consider following the podcast on the platform that you prefer. Turn on the alerts for new episodes so you don't miss new stories. And give us a rating to support the show. You can find more updates on the podcast's official Instagram at Friends of France Pod or my personal Instagram at Chris Franz. That's without the I because there is no I in team. <laughs> I'm kidding. Someone already took the username. Have a great day or night, everybody.